Hey, this is Jewel Bejavarapu, and you're listening to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, episode 23. Welcome to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, a show for smart, type A millennial women who want to get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster. If you want to learn how coaching can relieve stress and balance your hormones, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Jewel Bejavarapu, and I am an infertility and IVF warrior, as well as a certified life and holistic health coach. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, friends. How are you all doing today? It has been a whirlwind of a couple weeks. I am excited to get back here and talk to you. Today, I'm interviewing Monica Cox, who is an amazing coach and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and infertility survivor. Her story is so powerful, and she has an immense amount of knowledge of fertility challenges that you need to hear about, okay? So she was told by fertility doctors that there was nothing she could do to improve her chances. Two beautiful baby boys later, you can only assume that they were wrong. Surviving all the hard times that years of unexplained infertility, failed IVFs, and heartbreaking miscarriages can give you, she is now honored to support you to make the right steps, maximize your chances, and get closer to having the family of your dreams. This is why she is on today's podcast. She is also the author of the bestseller, Baby and Me Mindfulness Journal, and host of the highly popular podcast, Finding Fertility. Her signature online programs, the Fertility Food, the Finding Fertility Formula, and Personal Fertility-Focused Coaching have helped women increase their chances of creating the family of their dreams. Right now, she inspires over 20,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok at Finding Fertility to look beyond their infertility diagnosis and take charge of their health through clean eating and simplifying their lifestyle. Welcome, Monica. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yay. Thank you for having me. Of course. Can you just tell us more about your fertility story and like how you got to doing what you're doing today? Yeah. I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah. (laughs) I know that's a long version. (laughs) Um, So basically started at 27 years old. Nothing was wrong with me or my husband and we just didn't get pregnant for years. So the doctors are like, try IVF. And we naively were like, okay, we'll go and try without thinking outside of the box or changing our diet. We just didn't think we needed to. We were, we were seemingly healthy. And um, that IVF round was a complete shambles and just highlighted that I was in fact unhealthy because I was making really poor embryos. Um, I was making poor eggs and then my husband's sperm was fine, but together the embryos were, were not great. And the doctors just basically said, try IVF again. And we were like, well, is there nothing you want to change? Like we were even thinking like change our medication for goodness sakes. And they're like, no, there's nothing you can do. Just try it again. And I don't know why that just didn't sit well with my husband and I, and we had made a decision to change clinics. Um, and, but we were, we were living in the United Kingdom at the time and we were sat in Hyde Park and a friend who was going on his own health journey for his own personal reasons was like, change your diet. And we were like, there's nothing wrong with our diet. We don't eat McDonald's all the time. You know, like we are just normal. And he's like, no, 
Like seriously, I'll pay for you to go see like a functional medicine practitioner, like just do it. And it was such an amazing offer for someone to like pay. And we're like, right, we're not going to take your money, but we'll take your advice. And so I started working with a functional medicine practitioner and um, yeah, he basically was like, yeah, we just need to cut out a bunch of inflammatory foods. And I, I basically went on a paleo diet and I saw amazing results in my normal health issues and my overall health, but I still wasn't getting pregnant. And like a year went by, we decided to do another round of IVF. We specifically went to a clinic that was doing autoimmune testing. And at Mm -hmm. the time it was quite controversial and it's kind of still is, but not back in the days. And, um, and we got talked out of it. They're like, you're not a candidate because you're not having reoccurring miscarriage. I would just like, wasn't getting pregnant, like not a whiff of like two pink lines, like nothing. And, um, so we listened (laughs) and, um, did another round of IVF and it was more successful. We made healthy embryos this time, but we transferred the best looking one. And I didn't even make it to day 28. Um, and I was just crushed, like all that hard work that I had put in with changing my diet and my lifestyle. And I literally couldn't even make it to day 28, even with like drugs. Right. (laughs) It's just like, I was like devastated. And, and so that's when we demanded the immune testing and it came back that I had high natural killer cells. And this was even after a year of being on a very clean diet. So I can't even imagine how like sick I was or what the numbers would have been if I would have got the immune testing before the diet change. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so their protocol was, um, immune suppressing drugs. And at this time I kind of lost my way with my functional medicine practitioner and I did a frozen round and we got pregnant for the first time in like Mm -hmm. five years. And, um, but I had a miscarry I miscarried that one. And then that's when I started digging deeper. I was like, okay, what more can I physically do? I can't just rely on the medication And that's when I discovered the autoimmune paleo diet and started following the paleo mom and just started really learning that there can be healthy foods that you're intolerant to. And it turned out I was highly intolerant to paprika and tomatoes and a bunch of nightshades that on a paleo diet, you eat those like daily. So, um, I changed my diet yet again and went absolutely nuts um, in a sense that like people just didn't get it. Like autoimmune now, like people talk about it and they understand, like most people know what a nightshade is. Um, But uh, they, um, people just thought I was crazy and I was, and I, but I was just willing, right? Like I was willing Mm -hmm. to put in this work and there wasn't, um, any expanders for me. Like, so an expander is someone that you look at who has done, um, done certain things and achieved something. So I didn't know anyone out there that autoimmune paleo worked for their fertility. So I was like, kind of doing this, like blind, like, I don't know if this will work. I don't know. I'm just willing to do it. Mm -hmm. So I, got pregnant on our second frozen embryo transfer 
he stayed around and he's our five-year-old IVF baby. Um, and then, um, right, actually right, um, before he was born, I qualified as a functional diagnostic practitioner, nutrition practitioner. And, um, my previous career, I actually was, um, early educator. So I was a preschool teacher and I thought I was going to, yeah, I thought I was going to take my knowledge of, um, diet and lifestyle into the childhood realm. So yeah, I was going to take that new knowledge I had. And then I decided that I didn't want to work with parents. Um, they it's as anyone knowing, going through this journey, when you have to change things up, it's hard enough to convince yourself that Mm -hmm. you should do these things. So I didn't want to be put in a position of trying to convince a parent who wasn't living the symptoms, who wasn't really living, you know, that, that way. So because of epigenetics, I was like, I can support children before children are even born now through women who are willing to change up their diet and lifestyles to improve their health and improve their chances of success. And um, I just kept going, just living my lifestyle. We had two embryos left and um, we went back. And for for many different reasons, we couldn't try naturally between my IVF baby and that that third round of frozen embryo. Mm -hmm. And um, I got pregnant again, but sadly had an early miscarriage. And that was it. Like that was like the end of eight years. Um, a lot of medical treatment, a lot of unknowings, a lot of change. And, um, you know, obviously it was sad to have another um, miscarry, but kind of sad that that's the way the journey ended, you know, because we weren't, I wasn't going to do any more medical treatment. I wasn't going to do any testing or like tracking. Like I was done (laughs) like eight years (laughs) to do that to you. Um, And two months later, I was pregnant naturally. And I just, wow. I don't want to say that I was like blown away because I truly believed in everything that I was doing, but I was so shell shocked that it happened um, so quickly after the miscarry. And then, and then I moved into anger. Mm. I was angry that this information wasn't out there, that you have so much more control over your body and your physical health. Um, and it's hard. It's not an easy journey, but it's doable. Yeah. And yeah. whether or not you need medical assistance, it can help you achieve your goal. Right. So even if you know you have to do IVF um, for whatever reason, putting in the work and improving your health, you know, at least three months, if not more before that round happens can dramatically increase your chances of success. Um, and at the time, I mean, Instagram wasn't even invented when I started my journey. So I don't want to like say it wasn't out there. I'm sure the information was out there, but it wasn't easily accessible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And then that's kind of where my, my like finding fertility came from. I was like, I need, I need women to know this information. This information has to be out there. And we get a lot of like backlash from doctors and stuff. And Mm -hmm. even women going through the journey of like, oh, this doesn't work. And it's like, well, you can't prove this works because you can't take a specific way. You can't take a specific diet, a specific lifestyle, 
a specific, you know, yoga and meditation, apply it to everyone and it works. Like it doesn't work that way. We're all so different and you have to find what works for you, what you enjoy, what your food intolerances are, what your root causes, Um, you know, looking beyond your lady bits, you know, your mental, emotional health, as you know, they all play a part, you know, fertility issues most of the time aren't about your lady bits and there are probably a, a few small, small issues throughout the whole body that have built up mm-hmm. and your body is one, you know, your body is one yeah. and we need to stop like putting our lady bits in one compartment and ignoring the thyroid, ignoring the gut, ignoring your mental, emotional health, you know? Yes. 100%. So like, how does diet connect to fertility? Like how does a mental emotional health connect for fertility? Cause I mean, I, I know this and I am hoping that my podcast listeners know this too, but for those of, of those of them that don't understand, like what is that gut fertility health connection? Like how does going on autoimmune paleo actually change your fertility? Well, so, so your gut is your hub. And you have to treat it with like the utmost respect. (laughs) And when you don't knowingly or not knowing, because I didn't know for years that what I was eating was actually having like an effect. I mean, I did. I mean, in hindsight, the stinkiness, the bloating, the diarrhea, the constipation, like they were all huge signs, but you're not linking that to your fertility health. And I feel like everyone has those issues. And so people are just like, (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Like you're just bloated. Like that's just like, that's just normal. Yeah. Versus like seeing it as a sign. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, a hundred percent. And that we're just, we're just told because that's, I mean, you're rare if you don't have those issues at some point in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it basically comes down to leaky gut. And so your lining of your gut, you can think of it as like a shag carpet and over the time it just wears, wears down. And so your all your little, you know, tentacles that you used to have that took in the food, took in the nutrients, and then started giving it to all the places, right? You have to think where, where do you put a supplement? You don't, mm-hmm. you don't give it to your ovary, you give it to your gut, and then your gut has to do something. And then it goes to your eggs, it goes to your lining, it goes wow. to your hormones, you know, um, it goes through your blood system, and your gut is the one who has to deal with that. And so there's two things. So you could not be taking in the nutrients and then you have, um, you can get like the junctions start opening up and particles Mm -hmm. start getting into your bloodstream. And this is where autoimmune issues start is, um, your blood, your immune system's like, what the heck is the, you know, what is this? You know, and they rev up more and, um, because there's nothing to attack, it's not like a disease or cancer or anything. It's like, well, we need to attack something. So they start attacking your own body. So that's where you get arthritis. That's where your thyroid issues come in. Um, and then with the high natural killer cells an embryo is a foreign agent until the placenta takes over. So if your body's in harmony through the millions of years, they know leave that foreign agent. It's fine. But when your immune system's revved up, they're like, nap out of here. So that's when people, and that's especially when people are dealing with reoccurring miscarriage as well. Um, Mm. Your body is Mm -hmm. just rejecting that. And I say to people, you know, your fertility is, um, 
the first thing to go because you don't need it yeah. to survive. Right. No. So when you're in a state of stress, like your body's going to just let go of everything that it doesn't need to like literally function on a day-to-day basis. And your yeah. fertility is going to be the number one thing to go. Um, and unfortunately in my experience, it's kind of the last thing to return as well. So your body is going to get everything else in harmony and then the fertility will come back. So that's why you've got to be patient with your diet and your lifestyle. And also, um, it just takes three months for an egg to mature anyways. So you need to wait three months to, you know, get the best healthy, you know, egg quality, um, that you can. Yeah. So that's how, that's how it affects your fertility. Yeah. And that makes so much sense. And I just want to point out, it's not just like stress that we think of like, Oh, hard day at work or like stuck in traffic or those kind of stressors, but like internal stressors, like eating, like eating, you know, unhealthy foods or having not, not getting enough sleep or, you know, all these other things that your body is taking on as stressors that you might not recognize as like a stressor in your life. So I think that's just really important to differentiate because I know so many of my clients are like, well, I'm not really stressed. I was like, okay, let's look at how your body is feeling. Like, does your body feel stressed? You might not see it as a stressor, but your body does. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So like, what are the most common causes of like unexplained infertility? I know you mentioned the autoimmune that like you have seen and that you like, you work with your clients on. Yeah. Um, that's like the number one is the autoimmune issues. Um, and that could be, you know, your thyroid health. I I see so many in our community saying I have unexplained infertility, but I have a thyroid issue. And I'm just like, that's crazy that your doctor's not, you know, highlighting that that is a huge, it's a part of your endocrine system. And at the bottom of your endocrine system is your ovaries. Like how can it not be, it is like literally connected. Um, Um, and then, so other thing, it's really just, um, with the unexplained, it's really just looking at the other areas of your body to help explain the Mm. unexplained. Mm -hmm. Um, cause like how we just talked about, like, it's all connected. So it just trickles down. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Um, obviously you have the blood clotting issue and this has come up, um, recently a lot in my practice and the baby aspirin. And there's even yes. like medical studies now that are like use baby aspirin to help lower inflammation because usually it was to help with the blood clotting issue. And now they want to use it to lower the inflammation. And I'm sat there going like, one, you want to work out what the inflammation is and lower that as much as you possibly can. Because even if you have, um, you know, the mutated gene that you have a blood clotting issue, you're never mm-hmm. going to get rid of it. Yeah. You, you might need support. Is that blood clotting issue can actually um, be made worse because of the inflammation. Mm, and yeah. so the, the, the baby aspirin is now used as this bandaid. And then it's kind of like, well, you, you almost like 90% see it when the woman gets pregnant, that there's complications with the pregnancy, there's complications with the birth, or there might even be complications with the child. If you're not like, we're trying your hardest, you don't have to be perfect, but working on these underlining issues because they're not going to go away. 
like our, you know, I, I know, I know how it feels to just want to be pregnant, but we have to understand that there's a lot of like, there could be a lot of issues if we're not taking care of the root cause, especially in our pregnancy. And I talk to, uh, you know, I, I work with now a lot of um, secondary infertility because it's very similar to first, you know, mm-hmm. first string unexplained infertility. They've just fallen off their, inf- their fertility cliff a little bit later in life. But a lot of the time it's the pregnancy that pushes them off the cliff. So interesting. Tell us more about that. Like, cause I know there's so many women facing secondary infertility mm-hmm. and are just like wondering what happened. I got pregnant. Now yeah. what? So, so basically pregnancy is not a sign of health. We need to stop looking at pregnancy as like, Oh, you're so healthy. You can get pregnant. And I know when we're dealing with infertility, that might be how it feels, but it's not like the crackhead on the street proves to us that you don't have to be eating organic (laughs) and, and drinking your fertility smoothies to get pregnant. That's just not how fertility works. Thank you for saying that because I feel like that is such a big like thing because people are like why do I have to do all of this like I shouldn't have to do all this mm-hmm. to get pregnant like yeah. I should be able to just get pregnant that's like 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 the, like the crackhead eating right the stuff on the side of the street like well, well so yes. her genetics and your genetics that's where you differ yeah and that's it's as complicated and as simple as that, right? That's a simple answer to a very complicated like network of, of things. Um, but what we're seeing is um, autoimmune issues are totally on the rise. So a lot of women are getting pregnant because they they still have their fertility intact. You know, maybe they're they're not that sick. You know, they have some issues, but no big deal. Maybe they mm-hmm. used assistance. And then the pregnancy puts so much pressure on your body um, that they just fall off the cliff, right? Or if they have a baby and it's super colicky and you don't sleep for literally three months, you fall off the cliff, you know? So it's just that extra nudge on your body. um, And it's, I can imagine it must be incredibly frustrating. I mean, I know unexplained infertility is incredibly frustrating, Mm -hmm. but to already have proven to yourself that you can do it and then you can't anymore. Um, And a lot of women, um, they always ask like, am I going to get back there? Can I do this? And I'm like, your body always wants to get back to homeostasis. It's always reaching for it's always healing. It's always, it's always shedding its skin, shedding its lining, you know, like you're a whole new person in like seven years or something. Like it's mm-hmm. always trying to get back yeah. to that state, but you have to give it the time and the support. You have to one, know what the issue is and then take the right targeted steps. Because a lot of the times, I mean, some, most of my clients are highly educated. I mean, they come to me. I'm like, why are you coming to me? You already know this stuff. Like, like it's crazy, their knowledge. And, um, but I think they're just like, they need that extra set of eyes and that experience. And then like where my knowledge comes from, like really studying it. Um, and then, and then the faith, you know, like the kind of the coaching part is like, no, you have to have that deep belief that what you're doing is right. And then a lot of the time in their journey, it is literally throwing darts in the dark because they're not getting the right testing. 
So mm-hmm. if diet and lifestyle doesn't work for you within like six months to a year, right? Um, and you've you've looked at everything, you know, everyone that comes to me has had like, especially fertility tests, like every test in the book, but they haven't had, they're not looking in the right spots, um, especially yeah. with gut health. Um, and that is like the number one test. I mean, a food sensitivity test is great to help you like on your path with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the number one thing, because I say to him, like, even if you get your hormones tested, even if you get like your antibodies tested, I still need to know why those are the issue. Like, I need to know what's going on in your gut to even address those antibodies, to address your hormone issues. So those are great like pieces of information, but um, yeah, if you've been on this road for a while, like you really just want to hone in on that type of stuff. Um, I think that's so important that you just mentioned that because I think a lot of us and like myself included are like, oh, low progesterone, hypothyroidism, like that's the issue versus like, wait, that's coming from some place. Yes. Like that's mm-hmm. happening because of some other issue. And you know, and just traditionally just like, okay, we're just going to medicate this issue, but there's still that underlying root issue. Exactly. And I don't ever want to tell someone don't test because obviously I was told not to test. Um, and I'm really glad that I, I can prove what my issue was. Um, and I think that's really important for my journey. I just wrote an email the other day about, um, I now understand why my journey was so dramatic and why I had to go through almost everything because I have the experience now to help guide you through what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and yeah. I still like appreciate everyone has to kind of go through certain steps, you know, like I can sit here and say certain things, but I understand like everyone kind of needs to go through these, these steps. And then if they don't work, it's like, okay, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. I'll listen now. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, getting back to the root cause, um, if you don't have a lot of money, um, but you need to invest in yourself some way, it would be investing a gut health test hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Totally. So like, what advice would you give to women who have gotten a diagnosis of like unexplained infertility? What should like their first three steps, like three next steps be if, if you had anything to say about it? Oh God. Okay. So, um, I guess it just depends on where you are. Right. Um, so if you are, if you want to do diet, my number one thing, this is why I put the fertility food program together is find your food intolerances. Like, don't go straight to AIP, don't paleo, keto, vegan. Like, you need mm. to know what your food intolerances are. Um, now, those diets could be helpful to find your food intolerances. Like, obviously, the elimination phase, you need to do those things. Um, and if you've done diet and you're like, diet's not working, there could there's two reasons why. One, it might not be the right diet for you. And two, you it might not be enough. Like sometimes diet just on its own isn't enough. You either have to tackle any underlying gut issues or your mental and emotional state because you can be on the perfect diet and still have like a bug or still be absolutely stressing yourself out. And that is going to affect your gut health too. Yeah. 
as I said, like you have to start with that a mental emotional state. Cause like, how are you going to change your diet if you're not like yeah. in this good state? Like, how are you going to, how's the diet going to work if you're not like in a relaxed well, state? I- well, exactly. And I mean, you got to like, you're right. Like you got to pick one and in the fertility food program, the number one, I put this section in there. The number one thing missing from your diet is your mental health is your, is your mm-hmm. mindset. Yeah. And even with a client in the group coaching program I have going on right now, I said to her, cause she knows she needs to do autoimmune paleo. She has the test, <laughs> like she knows, <laughs> but it's hard And I said to her, this is where your mindset comes in. What's harder? What do you want to deal with? Infertility or your diet? Yeah. Choose. And I I said, you know, sometimes infertility, I want to deal with infertility. Like I don't want to deal with the diet. Uh, Like I'm not saying the diet is easy, but that's where your mindset comes in. And it might take a while. It might take a while for you to start. And I think it all comes down to self-love you know, and Mm -hmm. self-worth. I say if you don't have enough self-love and self-worth to hold yourself accountable, you have to pay someone a large sum of money or you have to make a bet. You have to have a physical like thing that's going to hold you accountable. And then once you start building your self-love and your self-worth, then you're not going to need those um, like physical accountabilities anymore because you do it for yourself and you do it for your future family. Um, exactly. Totally. So yeah. And then I, I would say if you're, you're on, you know, if you're thinking about IVF, um, I would just from hindsight, I would just like go out and reach someone who has been there, change things up, can help you, on that path of really finding what you need to do before you do your IVF. Um, Because it just, it can completely change the whole game, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then just know that I, I believe that there's a, there's a very rare cases of truly unexplained. Um, I I don't want to say that everything's explainable, because that's maybe not true, but, um, I think everything, there is an explanation. You just sometimes have to dig really deep for it. And it could be, it could be something that, you know, you, you subconsciously aren't aware of that you're, you're blocking yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like the small things, they, Mm -hmm. they matter for sure. Yeah. Well, Monica, thank you so much for like telling us all super important information. I know this is going to help so many women. How can people find you? You have, you have a lot of different options of like how people can work with you, but like, where do you hang out? What can, how can they get in touch? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok at finding fertility. So you can always DM me on Instagram and the website is findingfertility.co. Um, and you can explore, there's a blog, obviously you can connect on my podcast. Um, I'm pretty accessible. (laughs) I think you are. Yeah. Like you can find me and yeah, I mean, I am pretty interactive, um, with the community. So if there's any questions, just reach out. I love, and like, I, that's kind of just what I do now is people DM me and then I just do IG TV lives and um, pop it up on the podcast and just try to answer as many questions that you guys have um, because 
that's kind of all you need, right? Like you need that guiding light. Like we all almost have the same exact questions, but there's so much noise out there and like eggs are bad for you. Don't do this, you know, like, ah, so just kind of, and not that I'm right all the time, or I think my, like, I'm the most knowledgeable person out there, but um, I'm a pretty straight shooter. So, (laughs) and if I don't know, I will go research it to the end of the world to get the right information. (laughs) Sure. Well, thank you so much, Monica. And we look, I look, I'll let you know when this comes out. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Bye. Okay. Bye. love this podcast and if you have liked what you have heard so far i would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review reviews help others find this podcast and help them get the strategies that they need to thrive during infertility remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode if you want to take this work to a deeper level then i have the perfect coaching program for you go to www.simplyjewel.com forward slash empowered infertility to learn more about my signature one-on-one coaching program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fertility Life Coach Podcast. See you next time.